Hi everyone, we're doing a couple of episodes on transitions. We had some inquiries about could we talk about transitions and there are so many of them, um, but we thought we would start with like what one of the big ones is transitioning from being a child to being an adult child. How do you shift that relationship with your parents? And then uh, parental end, like how do we shift? How do parents shift from seeing your person as a child to like beginning to see them as an adult and changing the way that you function with them. So um, Shannon on our team is joining me today to have this conversation. She works with a lot of uh, young women, young men who are dealing with this is one of the things that they're coming to therapy to talk about. It's like, how do I navigate this change that's going on in my life from being a child to um, trying to trying to be an adult in my relationship with my parents and so we thought it might be useful to talk about like what are the common themes that you hear clients talking about when they're wanting some help with navigating this kind of transition so maybe you want to just talk about some of those things that you hear people regularly asking about i feel like it's been interesting to see how common this is for almost all of my clients, and it may not be the most uh, presenting issue when they first come in, but inevitably, when we're starting the therapy process, there's often stuff about how do I relate with my parents now that I'm an adult, and yet it feels like old patterns continue to come up with them. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest themes that we've identified is there's just this feeling that the rules have changed um, between parents and adult children, and yet uncertainty about how to name what those rules that have changed are or the expectations that have changed and realizing there's a need to just raise awareness about that and that there might need to be a lot of conversations that are happening to kind of redefine what are the new rules of our relationship um, so that we can love each other well, relate well, interact in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. and maybe not continue in the parent-young-child dynamic that has existed for so long naturally because that's how it is for the first 18 years or so of your life yeah yeah and sometimes not everybody gets the memo that the rules are changed right so sometimes the kids want to change the rules and the parents are like i'm happy with Mm -hmm. the way i'm happy checking on you every two minutes i'm happy knowing what time you're coming home Mm -hmm. i'm happy watching over your checkbook um, or sometimes it's the reverse, that the parents are like, go, go be a grown-up. And the kids are like, well, actually, I'd like to kind of just hang out here and yep. see if I can find my way, right? So sometimes we're not all on the same page about, mm-hmm. like, I might have expectations that are different than my kids have or vice versa. And so, as you're saying, we do need to figure out how can we have productive conversations about those Mm-hmm. about those issues and oftentimes those conversations end up happening when they're not planned for yes they end up happening sort of in the middle of conflict about like i'm so mad that you whatever right mm-hmm. like i'm so mad that you won't res- be responsible for yourself or i'm so mad that you keep checking on me when i don't need you to check on me right mm-hmm. so helping people plan for those conversations is one of the things that you're doing in those yes um in those sessions Mm -hmm. with clients who are like how do I navigate this piece with my parents so then going into that conversation they're far more likely to have a successful exactly successful outcome yeah I think one a common thing that'll come up in a session is you, you know, usually I'm working with the adult child. Sometimes I'm working with the parents. More often with my caseload, I'm working with the adult child. But inevitably, it's one of the two parties, sometimes both, 
will be feeling this tension or this stuckness that's mm-hmm. coming up in certain patterns. And in the session, we're able to kind of, from a grounded place, get underneath of like, okay, well, what are you feeling? And sometimes for the adult child, it could be on the on the one side of the spectrum of, I'm not feeling respected in my independence or I'm not feeling supported in the fact that I am an adult and they'll start to name some of the behaviors that mom or dad or both are doing. And so we're able to name that, okay, it could be that mom and dad just don't realize they're operating with the old playbook because that's Mm -hmm. all that they've known. And to come at it from a planned, grounded conversation space, right? Like you were saying, not in the middle of the heated frustration where then we just start kind of yelling at each other or stomping away because, you know, we're not going to get anywhere. It's impossible. Yes. But instead being able to like, okay, you're not feeling like an independent adult. What would that look like for you to feel like an independent adult from your parents? And then they'll start to name exactly what you said. Okay, I I don't love that my parents maybe check in on me and are saying, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you Mm -hmm. do this? Um, That that can make them feel undermined in their sense of responsibility, their sense of ego strength, self-worth of, I've got this, I'm an adult. Right. And so being able to communicate that to parents of saying, I know you're trying to support me, but when you do X, Y, Z, this is how it makes me feel. Yeah. So that's a great way to start the conversation is to say something like what you just said. It's like, I know you're trying to support me, but, mm-hmm. you know, here's what support would look like. When you check on these issues, it feels like you don't think I'm I'm on top of it. Yeah, or that I'm capable. Um, and, and I think with that, it's opening your parents' eyes of, oh, this thing that maybe used to feel like support in the past, right? Because you didn't maybe know how to right. manage your finances when you were a teenager and you needed your parents prompting you're kind of showing and demonstrating to them, I've got this, and if something happens, I will take care of it, not because you checked in on me about it. Yeah. So that can be a common scenario that plays out a lot, is just realizing, oh, this dynamic that maybe worked when I was a kid, it's now irritating me. Why is that? And Mm -hmm. let's get underneath. What are the messages that those actions from mom and dad are sending to you that maybe they don't intend to, or maybe they just... They thought that that's what support looks like, and you're having to show them this is the new rule that we're creating, which Mm -hmm. is you don't check on me about X, Y, Z things. And for parents, that's a real adjustment, right? Like I'm more often on the other end helping parents with their adult children, right? Like trying to navigate, like what does the relationship look like now? My kids are, I can feel that they're angry with me, and I don't know what to do right? Like I'm trying to be involved. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to support. But it seems like the way I'm offering support is not going very well. Mm -hmm. So I'm often on that other end of trying to help them navigate. Like, what is it that you're needing from your kids? What is it that you're trying to accomplish there? And sometimes it's very layered, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's, it's really interesting. Like, I, you can't know this until you become a parent, you can't know what it's like to be devoted Mm -hmm. to a person to the degree you are to to a child right like even falling love madly in love with a life partner is not the same as the way you feel about a child it's just this devotion that like you just cannot get over right and yet you have to keep flexing along the way what your two-year-old needed needs is way different than what your 10-year-old needs and Mm -hmm. which is way different than what your 16-year-old needs and I think as parents uh, we often feel like we're a phase behind Mm -hmm. right like I got this nailed down like what you needed when you were five and seven like that I got that figured out but then suddenly you're 12 and you don't want that anymore right so Mm -hmm. parents are always playing catch up with like 
what does my child need now? And so the idea is that parents have to stay as fluid as their kids are, Mm -hmm. right? And to keep addressing these things and keep talking about, like, it seems like you're mad at me when I asked about this or when I offered this. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it feel like for you when I do that? Like, why are you mad, right? Like, what, what about that is making you mad? Right, not being afraid to ask those kind of check-in questions. Mm-hmm. I think exactly like you're saying, the, the huge theme is there's got to be fluidity in the relationship throughout the develop, you know, developmental lifespan, right? right? Like you had to treat a newborn different than a toddler. You had to treat an adolescent different than a teenager about to go off to college and mm-hmm. realizing that that's going to continue. And, and the best thing that a parent can do is to check in and say, okay, what do you need at this stage in your life? What do you need now that you are an adult and you want to be feeling X, Y, Z things for me? You want to be feeling respected, but still supported in some ways. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing too, is realizing adult children still often want support from their parents. They just maybe want it to look a different way. And And the child, the adult child, they're also figuring out what they want that support to look like. And I think those are the conversations I'm having with a lot of clients is them navigating. It's not that I don't want my parents' support. It's just I'm trying to figure out what feels like a healthy, um, respecting version of that support, one that doesn't make them feel like they're a kid again. Um, And so it can be a very trial and error process for parents and adult children to figure this out. And and I think the funny thing is it can look different for different realms of life, right? The type of support they want with their maybe friendship or romantic life may look different than with their financial or career or professional life. And so again, that theme of fluidity of parents being willing to be in this dance of, okay, they want my support more maybe in the professional world Uh but maybe they want it less in their romantic life or vice versa right and being willing to sort of stay flexible with Mm -hmm. what that support looks Mm -hmm. like um and that posture of more humility rather than defensiveness of it it's normal that your adult children may feel hard to pin down on wait you wanted this type of support (laughs) With this issue, but a different yeah. type of support here, and that it's it's a very ongoing learning process. Yeah, yeah, and that's why having the conversations is so essential because there's just no way to read each other's minds, right? Like, there's just no way to know what you want now in this time of your life, in this area of your life, mm-hmm. right? And can we just like we would do with our spouses to keep checking in, but like. Is this helpful? Is this not helpful? What about this? What do you, what do you need to be different in order that, for this to be helpful? Like we just have to keep having that ongoing conversation about like I'm not really sure. Like you told me everything about your dating life, but when I asked you about whether you were paying your bills, you got real mad. <laughs> I was so confused, right? So those are those are things we have to just keep talking to each other about mm-hmm. and that can be really complicated to talk about because everybody's feeling a lot of emotion yes right what, what would you say are the themes that like young adults are what are the things they're feeling um in regards to their parents like you mentioned um not feeling respected do you know what do you know what's underneath the not feeling respected what does it mean what do they mean when they say i don't feel respected I think it's this sense of, like, we want to feel believed in by our parents. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to feel like we are kind of completing that developmental stage of I am becoming an adult. And if our parents are often the ones that, you know, give a lot of that affirmation to us, and it's that sense of, 
when your parents are seeing you and respecting as an adult, it's like, oh, you, you believe in me. And, mm-hmm. and it's that sense of, I, I've got this. You know, you've done your job well enough that look at me, you know, thriving. And it's, it's wanting that yeah. validation of you trust me, yeah. you believe in me. I think that's a lot of the themes that come out. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, another emotion that can be tied into it is there can be this feeling of guilt in adult children that comes up of, I I don't need my parents as much as I did. And are they going to be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Are they, are they mm-hmm. going to see me as ungrateful that I am not wanting their support in the same way or that I am needing a different type of relationship with them? Because sometimes when these conversations come up, parents and their defensiveness can say, well, this is what you've wanted from me all right. along. Why is right. it different now? Or they'll give the laundry list of, all the things that they've sacrificed and done for their child. Yeah, let's talk about that. What are the list of things that go sideways when parents, what are the things that your clients will say? These, these kind of statements are really, they really shut me down. And anything in the realm of, oh, well, look at all that I did for you. Mm -hmm. How dare you? A lot of that kind of let, let me justify my actions right now because of everything I've done in the past. And And even though it is so true, parents have sacrificed, parents have, like you said, devoted their lives to helping their children grow and thrive. In those moments when the adult child is saying, I need support to look different, or I would love if this would stop and we could change it to this, if a parent feels hurt by that and then starts saying, well, I I gave birth to you (laughs) and I, you know, changed your diapers and I paid for college, when they start going through all the list of things... It just shuts the kid down, yeah. you know. It just yeah. it pushes people away. It stops the conversation in its tracks because, you know, an adult child, most of them are aware of all those sacrifices, and so then they just become overcome by guilt, and then they say, "Okay, I, I guess we can't have a different type of relationship mm. because of everything you've done for me." It's like this this giant trump card that gets yeah. just slapped on the table. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of feels like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not allowed to change this dynamic because yeah. you've you've already beaten me with everything yeah. that you, you'll always win. Yeah, you will always <laughs> win. Yeah. So that that's it's good to recognize that that kind of stuff is a lose lose, mm-hmm. right? Like the parent loses because they don't get the validation that they want, right? Their child isn't very likely in the inside of a conversation like that. The child is not going to say, you know what? I didn't really realize all of that. And I should be more appreciative about that. Like mm-hmm. that's rarely going to happen. Maybe some kid is capable of that, but generally it's really activating for the child as well. Just like, yes. I'm just trying to move us forward. Mm-hmm. Right. So usually the parent is not going to get what they're looking for out of that. They're, they're trying to get some validation from the child and, and then the child is not going to get heard. Mm-hmm. So it's a real lose-lose. And I, I wonder if it's helpful for, um, you know, for kids and parents to prepare. You know, I always say prepare your heart. This is going to be real hard. <laughs> it's going to go. You're going to feel all kinds of feelings. And a lot of them are going to be real bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's going to feel real, real challenging. But um, just I think it can be helpful to accept that, like, these kinds of shifting conversations about shifting the relationship, they can feel rejecting, mm-hmm. right, to both parties. They can feel threatening. Very threatening mm-hmm. to, like, what we have going on. Like, you're wanting this to change, and I'm a little afraid that I'm losing you mm-hmm. or that I'm going to get suffocated if I don't do this or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, both parties or, are feeling Yeah, you a may lot. not need me as much. I think that can yeah. be a big one for parents, right? right. Of what, if, what if they don't need me or they're not as dependent on me anymore, and that's mm-hmm. been such a 
significant part of the parent's life and identity for so long. Right, right. So, so it could be helpful for the the young person to keep in mind your parent is feeling as threatened or as overwhelmed by this as you are, and and maybe even more. I don't know, right? Like it just depends on the situation, but. Um, it is difficult to navigate a child moving away from you, right? Like when when you've been like all about them. Like I remember when my daughter went to college the first year, I think I cried every day for six months. I'm just like, I don't know who I am without her, right? Like I don't know who I am if I'm not mothering her every day. And it was just like we ha- I, I, I had spent so much time loving her and getting to know her and doing life with her that when she left, it felt like someone had broken up with me and our relationship was great. Like, why did you, why did you break up? Why like, would we change this? We had a great thing going. This, right? So that's the emotional part. <clears throat> and then, of course, the intellectual part of me is like, this is a very healthy developmental stage. Like, of course, she needs to go off to college. Right? You're proud of her. I'm proud you of raised her. her well. Yeah, she wants to go. She wants to do her own thing. And so... At least, at least from the parent, and those are the two things that are often being navigated: is the like the sense of loss or the insecurity or the in- rejection, and at the same time, we're trying to keep in mind like this is healthy. Our kids are supposed mm-hmm. to push; mm-hmm. they're supposed to say, "I, I need a little less, a little less, maybe over here a little more, but a little less over here." Eventually, mm-hmm. we want our kids to be really grown paying their own bills taking care of their own responsibilities loving others well like this is what we want for them Mm -hmm. but the process of getting to that will look like a lot of pushing away Mm -hmm. and that's really painful for the parent oftentimes of course of course and i think having so much tenderness and compassion towards ourselves both towards parents towards adult children that that is that is a that's a type of loss right the change mm-hmm. in that relationship and it's been that way for 18 years or more depending on what if a kid lived at home during college and maybe you were more involved in their life right. in that season it can look different for everybody but there there's a version of loss in that and i think it's you know, a phrase we've used is, is there's the shifting sand yes. that you're you're constantly navigating now of okay what what is required of me and what's my role and what's too much and what's too little. And in that, being able to kind of hold ourselves tenderly and say, yeah, this, this is hard, you know, especially with that type of relationship where there's so much love and so much devotion and so much care and for there to be a change in it, you know, like you said, that word, it, it can feel rejecting, it can feel threatening. And so having people to process that with, and that maybe it may be a season that you know, you do want to talk to a therapist about it if it's particularly painful, mm-hmm. but it could be that you're opening up to your spouse about it, opening up to, you know, your friends in your community who've also navigated it and just naming, this is really hard to have these changes and to know that it's it's not going to be the end of the road with the conversation, that right. it's going to be an ongoing right. navigating those shifting sands. Right. I think the, the thing that I keep reminding myself, uh, I have... Um, adult children who are in their late 20s now um when i'm when i'm working with other parents to to keep saying that like the point of working so hard in these conversations is so that you can have a beautiful relationship going forward right like what we want is a lifetime of a relationship with our child and the only way to have that in a way that is satisfying for everyone is to have these difficult transitional conversations where we're moving from one thing to another and it will not feel good. Mm -hmm. 
It will feel awkward at times. Mm-hmm. It will feel like you're having to learn a new language at times mm-hmm. of, okay, how do I how do I talk and communicate differently? And even how do we talk about what our new expectations are right. um, from both parties, right? Because there may be... There may be times that your adult child is not communicating back with you and, and you think, wow, I wanted to have this conversation. I wanted to talk about this and they're blowing me off or they're ignoring mm-hmm. me. And so there can be a whole adjustment period in lots of these different transitional seasons with it. And that can look different too. Like if your adult child is getting married and that's a, a whole new navigating right. or if ki- their kids are coming into the picture and you're a grandparent now, mm-hmm. each of these transitional stages are going to potentially redefine or at least tweak the adult child and parent relationship yeah Yeah. and i think another one that when we were going back to what are things that parents can sometimes say Mm -hmm. when kids are bringing this up i know for my clients because they're processing so much in therapy sometimes what they're processing is their relationship with their parents from childhood and certain wounds can surface and i think that can be another really tender spot for parents is when their adult child is taking responsibility for their story and their life and part of that is going to therapy and part of that is unpacking family dynamics that were potentially wounding or harmful or painful mm-hmm. and sometimes they want to talk to their parents about that right, right and that can be another one of those really painful moments for parents to have to be in a sense confronted by their adult child who's saying mm-hmm. when you did x when i was a kid that made me feel rejected right. that made me feel unseen that hurt me and a parent to have to look at their adult child and reckon with that can be another really painful moment in mm-hmm. these types of transitions yeah yeah and yet it's so so important to have those conversations right like i think um if if kids don't share those things they sit in between us right like the divorce was really painful the way you coached my soccer team was really painful the you know, you left me at so-and-so's house and bad things happened there. Like Mm -hmm. there's a million, there's a million ways in which parents are making mistakes that are wounding. And that's just inevitable. Like really good parents are still going to make mistakes that are wounding to their kids. And that is just really something you have to accept as a parent is that there's just no way that you did it all right. It's not possible. Right. And so your kid will have some consequences of some of those things that went sideways and can we tolerate conversations where they're letting us know that that thing right there that you thought was real small that was actually really painful for me Mm -hmm. right and sometimes there's this big um, resistance to like well that was just such a little thing or it only happened once or I didn't mean you know like that wasn't my intention that wasn't my intention yes right yes and in those moments if parents especially can realize that often what the adult child is looking for, it can be hard, right? Because depending on the amount of emotion that the adult mm-hmm. child's bringing to the conversation, that can make it really challenging. But if parents can hold on to the fact that often if an adult child is being willing to talk about this with you, that means they care about the relationship enough to want to talk about this wound. Right. They're wanting a moment of connection. 
mutual grief Mm -hmm. can we can we grieve that this hurt me together and they want to feel seen they want to feel seen by their parent right if they if they didn't care at all they wouldn't bring it up yeah and so i think if we can remember that these are can actually be moments of really beautiful healing and repair if parents can kind of again stay grounded and say Mm-hmm. Of course I made mistakes. Of course I hurt my child often unintentionally, right, right? right? And 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 yet if you can and listen to your adult child bring these things to you and say, "You're right. That mm-hmm. must have been so painful or that must have been so scary for you or so overwhelming for you and I didn't know or I didn't see you or I didn't do what you needed in that time." you know, I'm sad with you that that happened, yeah. you know, can you forgive me? Those can be the healing moments. And and some of the things that parents can say out of defensiveness in those moments that we want to try to avoid is the things of, well, we can't go back and change the past. Right. So why are right. you bringing this up now? I think that's a yeah. common one that parents who feel like, <laughs> and, and it comes from, again, such an honest place of, wow, I feel guilty that this happened to you and I can't go back and change it. And that's what they end up saying when realizing mm-hmm. your adult child knows you don't have a time machine. They know you can't go back and change it. What you can change right now is reconnecting and grieving about it together. Mm-hmm. And that'll bring a moment of connection that you didn't have back then, but you have it now. Yeah. Um, but if you say something like, I don't have any ability to change the past, so why do we bring it up? Or another one that parents can sometimes say in a moment of defensiveness is, well, I had it way worse in my childhood than you did. And they might bring up their own trauma from childhood. And again, as much as some of those may be true, they create disconnection. And they push your child away, and then your child gets the message of, wow, mom or dad can't handle talking about the wounds from childhood. They can't Mm -hmm. handle talking about the fact that, of course, our families were imperfect of course mistakes were made um and there can be so much freedom in acknowledging that together if we're willing to kind of have these vulnerable scary conversations yeah yeah and i think the way you're labeling it as grief is super helpful because if you're if your adult child is coming to you with one of these painful wounds it it could be very grounding to say oh here's something my child and i need to grieve together Mm -hmm. rather than getting wrapped up in all the like I tried and I didn't mean and all of that. Like, can, can we just like put that aside for a minute and say, of course I'm freaking out. Of course this feels terrible. But what's happening here is my child is is bringing me something that they're asking me to grieve with them about. Mm-hmm. And can I do that? Can I just focus on like, we have to grieve this loss. We have to grieve this hurt. We have to grieve this situation that went sideways. Mm-hmm. And once we do that, it it will be much less important to them. It will be there will be some resolve to that Mm -hmm. and it will hurt them less and it will get out of the way between the two of us because that's what we really want, Mm -hmm. right? Is we want these things to get cleared out. So it's like you and I are eyeball to eyeball and we see each other and we get each other and we're on the same page as much as we can be and we're we're having a relationship that's working for both of us. That's the big that's the big goal. Exactly. Exactly. And that the clearing it out doesn't come mm. from stuffing it down. It doesn't no. come from avoiding it. It doesn't come from excusing it. It comes from directly talking about it with mm-hmm. each other and moving through it. Yeah. And I think on the front end that can feel so scary, but I think as you develop that muscle for being able to grieve together, for being able to admit of course I didn't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And even for saying to your adult child, 
thank you for being willing to talk to me about mm, this. Great. Because I cannot tell you how many clients I have who say, I could never talk about this with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and I grieve with them that they don't feel safe enough to talk about this with their parents or they feel like it would send their parents' world crashing down when really it would create such an exhale if, right. if everyone oh, could just grieve this together. Yeah. Um, and so I find myself really having to do a lot of encouragement for mm-hmm. adult children of, what would it be like to take the chance to talk about with this with your parents? And let's assume it's probably not going to go well the first time. Right, right. But you'll be learning how to do it. You'll be learning how to do it together. And sometimes I have them mm-hmm. write it out in a letter first and, oh, and just start to get used to what do you want to say? What do you want to express? What feels important? Um, so that when they do come, they have words. They know what they're trying mm-hmm. to say to their parents. Um and, and I think that that can create such a long-standing division the more that those conversations get put off yeah. um, in addressing some of those childhood dynamics and wounds because those are the things that are going to keep popping up. Right, right. Um, they're unavoidable. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're still sitting in there, right? Yeah. And I think it can be helpful, like you were talking about writing a letter, it can be helpful sometimes, you know, you have to sort of sort out what are the consequences if I do this, but to, to hand your parent a letter or send your parent a letter that sort of walks through this painful thing that you want to talk about and allow them some time to sit with that, Mm. right? So if you write me a letter, I've got two or three days before we're going to have a conversation about it. I've got some time to like come down from my defensiveness and all the things that I want to say to you and get myself Mm. to a place where like, I want to make sure that my child knows I am not fragile. I am not going to fall apart in a hard conversation. You don't have to protect me from difficult things. Mm-hmm. I, I can handle whatever you need me to handle, right? So I mm-hmm. have conversations, especially with moms, about you're going to be a real badass. You're going to go in there and you're going to like, you're going to tell yourself who you are and you're going to show your child what it looks like to be brave and emotionally mature. And you're going to, you're going to model that for them. Mm-hmm. Even though inside you're screaming on the outside, you're going to be like, tell me some more about that, honey. I want to understand, right? Yeah. Until that becomes really authentic for you, where you're like, I can really land myself in this pocket where I can hear something difficult and I can I can listen, I can relate, I can validate that even when it's painful for me, because that's how badass I want to be as a parent, right? Mm-hmm. So we have those conversations, but like, how can you really do this with a lot of strength rather than from this place of like a falling apart? Like mm-hmm. this is this is not who we want to be as parents. We don't want to be people who fall apart when a conversation is too hard. Mm-hmm. And in in the therapy world, we call being a badass being a secure base, right? Yes, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And and I think that's that's the other encouragement I want to give to parents in this is you do not worry. You know, if your if your child's coming to you with this, they're still seeing you hopefully as some form of their hopefully secure or mostly secure base. Mm-hmm. Um, this is attachment language that we use a lot in the therapy world, where it's you are you are that anchor. You know, you're the parent that's saying, I love you, I care for you, I support you, I'm here for you, I can handle this. I'm I've got this for you because I'm the parent. Yeah. And part of that in these conversations is exactly what you're saying is being a badass in these conversations equals I can hear hard things and we can talk about them and we can grieve them and it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that I was a bad mom or a bad dad. Right. You know, we don't want to create this splitting where you were either all good or yes, all bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you were often 
doing the best you could with what you had and trying to love your kids and you were making mistakes and figuring out along the way. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to show your kids that you can acknowledge that with them, that'll actually help them when they're a parent, right? Right, That they realize like, oh, I'm not going to do this perfectly right. And there will be moments where I'll get confronted and I can talk about it with my kid the way that my parent handled it Mm -hmm. when I talked about it with them. Right, right. And we want to foster those secure bases as much as we can. And part of that muscle is being willing to be brave in these situations. Yeah, yeah and the beautiful thing about it is it does, it is like a muscle, right? Like the more I engage in these difficult conversations, the better I get at it. The less dramatic it feels, the less overwhelming it feels. And so that that hopefully at some point we can have these kind of conversations and they don't, they don't feel like a big deal. Mm-hmm. We just had that difficult conversation over coffee and, you know, suddenly that feels like we, we figured something new out. Exactly. And we didn't have to cry about it for three days and we didn't have to not know what to say to each other for a month because things just got so out of hand, right? Like mm-hmm. we're learning how to do something that we don't intuitively know how to do, right? Yeah. Intuitively, human beings protect themselves. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do something that goes against our reaction mm-hmm. um, when when something is threatened. The other thing I would say is that um, to adult kids that it really is a gift to help your parent understand you, right? Like as difficult as those conversations are, and and I know it's not always safe to have them. There are are parents um, who it's probably not wise to try to have these conversations with because they'll be they'll be aggressive with you, they'll be abusive to you. And and so you have to process those things internally with a friend, with a therapist, with somebody who can really hold the tension of that. But if you have a parent who has some degree of capacity, I, I think it is such a gift to let your parent know what you need because it gives them the opportunity to shift with you. Um, and I, w- I would say that it's been such a gift to me when my kids say, mom, I, I need it to look differently now Mm -hmm. like i know i know we used to do it like this but i don't want to do it like that anymore what i need in this scenario at this time of my life is this and and while it's difficult to hear that it's it's always such a gift to have the option to shift um in a way that's going to create greater connectedness between us Mm -hmm. right it's it's that opportunity for continually learning your child that you're talking about and and that fact of most parents aren't going to, on their own, go back and say, honey, let's talk about these hard moments from your childhood, right? right? It's usually yeah. not from the parents prompting that this is going to happen. The time when I forgot to pick you up from school. Let's let's talk about that right. one. And, and, and you called collect and you <laughs> left your name and location in that free five-second window so your mm. parent knew where you were. Um, oh, so painful. Uh but right, like exactly like you're saying, it's often on the adult child's shoulders to bring these up because yeah. the parent doesn't go digging for them. Which is hard. And yeah. so that just, again, having that compassion towards your adult child, it probably took a lot of courage for them to it's be good. willing to say this to you. Yeah. They might have had to do a lot of work beforehand yes. <laughs> to come to a place where they could bring this up, yeah. knowing that you could so quickly say, how dare you? You're being ungrateful to mm-hmm. me, right? You're being oversensitive. Yes. You're always the difficult one, you know, whatever the terrible things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another one could be like, why couldn't you just accept me how I was? And, yeah. and so putting all of this on your on your child when actually 
they went through a lot of work probably to get to this point yeah, to become aware of these dynamics, to talk with you about it, and to know that it could rupture your relationship, but they mm-hmm. wanted to move towards healing. They wanted yeah. to move towards repair and towards hopefully a thriving new phase of your relationship with them. Yeah. You know, there can be so much beauty on the other side and even relief for a parent of, yes. oh, I, I get to treat them more like an adult. Yeah. And this actually feels really freeing because I'm not feeling maybe some of that pull of, I have to check in on them and I have to keep them from any, you know, mm-hmm. mistake or bad thing happening, right? Some of that can be fueling on parent side of, I have to keep doing this type of role with them because I have to prevent X, Y, Z from happening. And when you get the joy as a parent of seeing like, oh, my kid can handle these things and they don't need me to do that anymore. And they can talk about hard things in a lot of ways. That'll hopefully be really validating for you as Mm -hmm. a parent. Look at my kid. My kid's being the badass Yeah. Yeah, and the, the other thing to to possibly remember is like your your kid is not sharing this information to pick a fight with you, right? Like they're they're usually like you're saying they're usually trying to create something new and better between the two of you. So they're they're actually offering you an opportunity, and it isn't really about telling you what you did wrong. It's really about trying to get all, all of that out of the out of the middle between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And they're they're trying to give you a gift. They're trying to shift things into a new place. Yes. And what what a gift for a kid to love you that much that instead of ignoring you, right, that they're moving towards you and they're mm-hmm. being brave enough to have a hard conversation. That's a real gift. Mm-hmm. I still want you in my life, yeah. but I want it to look like this. And right. can you handle that? Yeah. Right. Because the alternative could end up being, well, then you're in your their life a lot less because they'll cut you off or they'll be potentially miserable or hiding or Mm -hmm. not able to be vulnerable with you because they're keeping up the same status quo. Right. Um, And I think in this, I want to acknowledge there are times when adult children are processing hard things or they've come to a boiling point with some of these dynamics Mm -hmm. and they may come at it from a not grounded place. Yes. It it might have a lot more anger and and that's a different ballgame to navigate. But I think if we can remember that often underneath the anger is a lot of pain and a lot of sadness. And so if they're coming at you and they're really angry, if there's a way that you can sit with them in that and hold it and say, I understand why you're so angry. And I wonder if if you're really sad and hurting too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Because that's usually what's underneath all of the anger is Mm -hmm. these really vulnerable emotions. And so I know it can be really threatening for parents if there's a lot of energy and a lot of anger behind it. If your adult child's maybe coming at it from more of a raw, newly processed place and just everything's hitting them. Because with a lot of my clients, all of a sudden it's like, these images they had kind of got shattered and they're realizing, wait, this was hard and this was confusing and this Mm -hmm. was painful. And all that emotion together can come out in anger. Right. But really underneath a lot of that is is hurt and sadness. And so if parents can hang in there and hope that they can get underneath that shell to that, that'll be the connection point. Yeah. Yeah. I think of it as like angry kitty. (laughs) (laughs) This kitty's coming at you with claws out, right? But like, what they really are is afraid or yeah they're in pain and they need some help and like can I just can I just make it through the initial Mm -hmm. piece of that so that we can get to the underneath part the other thing I was thinking about it if you have an adult kid who is creating a lot of distance between you Mm. um I I think it's always always a great idea to just 
create an invitation to a conversation, right? To say like, I'm, I'm just wondering how you're doing, how we're doing. Um, it seems like maybe you need a lot of space and I'm wondering if there's some things that I'm doing that's making that feel necessary mm-hmm. to you. Great language. And I'd really love to talk about that because I, I want to be there for you in whatever ways I can be. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and again, it has to be like, um, it's not that my kid is rejecting me. It's that I may be not a secure base. Exactly. And if I'm brave enough, I want to know why. What is it that I'm doing that makes me an, a non-secure base for you? Like what? Is it my incessant phone calling? <laughs> is it my controlling nature? Is it my always up in your business? You know, like what is it that is I'm it doing? Is it my, you tell me you're doing this thing and you say, that's great, but, but you should do it this way <laughs> yeah. and never yeah. letting them do it their own way. Yeah, my constant critiquing of this and that, right? Mm-hmm. Like your kid has a reason. Yeah. Um, because innately children are wired in the same way I feel this as an adult, still wired to desire the approval and the connection with our parental figure, right? Like that's just like something we're born with is wanting that. So it takes a lot to get in the way of pursuing that. And so when our kid is is creating a lot of space, like is there something I'm doing that's driving them crazy? And Mm -hmm. could I adjust that? Like could I find a way to say, I see what you're talking about. I see what you're talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on that Mm -hmm. and see if we can get someplace new. And if it's the rare instance where some parents, maybe when their their kids start to transition more into adulthood, really take a hands-off approach. Yeah. Yeah. There could be that going on where maybe a parent realizes, oh, I've, I really haven't been connecting with my child or making much space for them. And maybe this is a chance to sort of check in on that. And mm-hmm. maybe your adult child does want more connection with you, but they're waiting for you to reach out yeah. because there's still that feeling of, oh, well, it's my parent. My parent should be reaching out towards me or mm-hmm. um, maybe that's a part of the conversation too. Would you say that most kids feel that, that if the parent isn't pursuing them, that it feels like that's off, right? Like, I think sometimes I hear parents say, my, my kid never calls me. And I'll hear um, kids say, my my parents don't pursue me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think it's that two-way street thing where I think most kids, at least, I mean, it's hard to generalize, but I would say it's, it's not uncommon for some kids to say, well, when my parents say that I never call them, I look and I see my call log and it's not like they were calling me either sometimes that's the case obviously there's plenty of instances where mom or dad usually more often mom Mm -hmm. is sure (laughs) is is calling and checking in but there can definitely be those seasons where neither party is really pursuing the other Mm -hmm. and the kid will often be like well if my parents wanted to know what I was up to they would call or they would text and they would check in and they may feel like they're still like it's that it's the parent dynamic the power dynamic of Mm -hmm. they'll check in with me it's not my job to pursue them Mm -hmm. can still be a a common default for kids and obviously some people do a really good job of navigating that and it becomes pretty reciprocal yeah but I would say there's there's definitely plenty of adult children who would say if you're not reaching out to me don't assume that I'm gonna Mm -hmm. be the one initiating towards you if you call I'm happy to to pick up and talk but Yeah, something my daughter said to me once when she was in college, I was like, I, I don't know if I'm calling too much. I don't know if I'm calling too little. She's like, Mom, just call. Like, you do you. Call when you want to call. If I don't want to talk to you, I won't answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, well, that's actually very helpful. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's helpful to know that, like, 
you'll decide, you'll let me know. If you're talking to me, it's because you want to. Mm-hmm. It's not because you feel guilty. It's not because you feel obligated. It's because you wanted to talk to me, and that's what I want, right? Yeah. I want us to have a relationship that's mutually beneficial. Yeah, and it, and the beauty of that is then if the parent can say, okay, I'm going to call, and I'm not... I'm not going to take it personally if they don't pick up. I'll be Mm -hmm. glad if they do. And the next time I call, I don't have to say, I've called you five times. Oh, no. Yeah. You know? That's always a bad idea. Yes. So that that would be the thing. Is your phone working? (laughs) <laughs> right? Have you have you lost your battery every yes. day? You yes. don't seem to, you know, when you when you start going through that with them, then it's mm-hmm. like, oh well, now I want to pick up the phone less. Exactly. It's always shooting yourself in the foot to do that. Yes, yes. As much as we want to, as much as we want to look at the call log and right. say, you know, we're counting score, we're keeping yeah. score. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and nobody likes that, right? Like I think you can think that think about the things you want to say to your parent or the things you want to say to your child and think do I want to hear those kind of things coming back to me in that kind of a tone, in that kind of a, that kind of a way? Like, is that a productive way to communicate, right? Like, right. and oftentimes, those are just our feelings. It's just our reactivity. And it's usually not worth going with, right? Like, give yourself a minute before you, like, say the thing that you're so anxious to say because it's only going to get in the way mm-hmm. of you getting what you're, what you're trying to create. Exactly. And maybe that then becomes the the little flag of if you notice yourself reaching out continually to your child, they're not picking up, they're not returning the call, and you're tempted to say, I never hear from you. Yeah. Maybe that's then the flag that says, oh, maybe I need to be brave and say, I've noticed I'm trying to connect with you. And I, there seems to be some distance on your end. And I'm wondering if there's anything I'm doing that yeah. I haven't doing or neglecting to do that's created this. Maybe right. that's when you have that moment of check-in. So you don't just say, I never hear from you. Call your mother. But it's right. a, wow, I'm never hearing from them. I wonder what could be going on. I wonder if mm-hmm. I'm a part of this yeah. dance that we're doing of we're feeling disconnected. Yeah. And inviting that conversation. It's good. It's good. Any other thoughts? I mean, there's so many other caveats to this. I think we could do a whole extra mm-hmm. podcast on what is it like if you're still living at home. And mm. so that has its own dynamic. So we mm-hmm. want to acknowledge that that could be going on and that there can be um, some difficulties if there's still lingering financial ties and you're figuring that out with your parents. Um, so I think there's some caveats to this, but I think the same theme would apply of conversations 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 yeah can we get clarity can we have these conversations with each other can we talk about boundaries and expectations and know that the rule book is going to continue to change Mm -hmm. with all these different various factors yeah and the more that we're willing to just check in on them and Mm -hmm. have the potentially awkward or hard conversation that will hopefully get easier with time right (laughs) the better off we'll all be yeah yeah, and then if the first time we try to have a conversation doesn't go well, it's fine. We'll just we just start it again, right? We take a breath and we start the conversation again on another day and just think of these things as ongoing, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to have one conversation that's going to solve everything. Exactly. We need to keep re-upping, mm-hmm. re-addressing. Yeah, and, and there could be multiple layers to it, right? You may hit one layer in one conversation yes. and realize there's another layer underneath. And I yeah. think that's common, especially if your adult child is going through therapy yeah. and they have one session where they talk about one thing and then they get to another layer of it. And I think that can happen with yeah. this too, where 
oh, we've we've touched on this component of our relationship dynamic, and then that unlocked another component. Mm-hmm. And so don't think that you're failing if you're continuing to have these conversations, but more see it as like, oh, we're really getting to the heart of this, and yeah. we're really trying to unpack all the different layers that are yeah. at play. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's especially tricky if you you have a kid who's in therapy, right? Because we're doing all that unpacking, right? Mm-hmm. We're helping people figure out all the things, and then oftentimes they want to talk to you about that. It's mm-hmm. like I just learned this about myself, and I learned that this hurt, and all of that, and so that can be really challenging. And we're really sorry, <laughs> but our goal really is to like get that stuff processed out yeah. so that they can re-enter their relationship with you without all of this sitting between them, without the reactivity that they're having towards you, without mm-hmm. the like the snippiness or the, you know, the mean comments or whatever. So mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to clear all that out for everybody so we can have conversations that are a lot more focused on taking care of each other mm-hmm. rather than grabbing yeah. at something you need for yourself. Yeah. So. That's what we're attempting to do while we're, we're taking around in your business. <laughs> we apologize, but also you're welcome. It's <laughs> <laughs> the perfect way to say it. It's the perfect uh, way to say it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shannon. That was a lot of genius stuff. Thanks for having me. Of course. Great to talk about this. Such important stuff. So needed. All right. Let's all go be badasses. Bye. Bye.